You're listening to the Grapes and Gorak Podcast. Powered by Overtime Media. Welcome back. It is the Grapes and Gorak Show. I'm Gorak. Grapes is not here. Episode 130. Going to be a solo pod today. We got, we, you know, people are writing in. People are upset. People are calling. People are... Jerry Shesho, he's calling me up, demanding a podcast. Got to give it to him, you know? Got to be the hero. So I'm going to hit a short solo pod. It's kind of uh, like a big board. You know, last episode we did our top 15. This one I'm going to tier. I'm going to do a 10 tiers of the first round players, kind of putting them into groups of how much I'd be happy if we take this player. And then on Saturday, me and Ryan will get together. We'll do a first round mock. We'll do a seven round Viking specific mock. And we'll get that out before the draft season. So we're just going to jump right into it. 10 tiers. These are all my first round players. I think I had 31. I really was trying to get a full 32, but just wasn't a 32nd player that I felt worthy of the, the Gorak stamp of approval, the, the first round grade, uh, based on all my, you know, grinding of the tape, you know, the YouTube highlight watching, reading, you know, other people's takes on players. You know how we do it. Uh, so first tier, tier number one. Usually this tier would be unrealistic players, like players that you have no shot at getting, so why are we talking about them? You know, the, the cream of the crop. This year, you know, I think most people would probably just say maybe it's just Aiden Hutchinson. But I have four players in Tier 1, which Tier 1, I you know, if we got one of these guys, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm drowning Rob in the pool. You know, if Rob dies, but we still got, you know, one of these players... It's not all lost that day. You know, sure, we lost a friend, but, you know, we gained Kayvon Thibodeau. So, you know, not a bad day. But number one in this list, Kayvon Thibodeau. Me and Ryan's both number one prospect in the draft. Uh, he's kind of getting a lot of hate lately, which which is, again, why when I say usually it's the unrealistic tier, this time it seems like, honestly, I'd say two of these guys, one of them's very possible to fall to 12, and then two are like, Probably not, but like not crazy. And then one of them's not going to happen. But Kayvon Thibodeau, edge out of Oregon. He, Oregon, Oregon. Someone tell me how to pronounce that. I always do it wrong. Uh, I think he's a freak, an absolute freak. I don't know why people started. Well, we, we, we talked about it last week. People are kind of saying, oh, he's got other interests besides football. Um, you know, he, he ran the 40, then didn't do the agility drills, whatever. The dude's a monster on tape. If he fell to 12. I'm sprinting the card in and grabbing him. Number two on the list uh, is Aiden Hutchinson. This is the one that he's just not going to fall to 12. I mean, he's too clean of a prospect. He's going top, I don't know, top three, probably going first overall, although there's been some Trayvon Walker buzz too. But uh, Aiden Hutchinson, number two, Michigan edge defender. Number three on the Gorak, well, this would be number three in tier one. So this is the probably not going to happen tier. Uh, Sauce Gardner. Say he's got about the same amount of chance of falling to us as Kayvon Thibodeau, which is 10%. You know, it's not it's not completely impossible, but it's mostly impossible. And if him or Thibodeau fell to us, it's sprint the card in, drown Rob in the pool, and celebrate. You know, it's 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 a home run. Number four, and the last person in tier one is Derek Stingley. I'm sure a lot of people would put him not in this tier. After having a couple bad seasons, not bad seasons, but he was a beast as a freshman. He was, I mean, not not even like 
good for a freshman. One of the best cornerback seasons in college football as a freshman. So he's still young. We got Patrick Peterson back to, you know, coach him up. We got an LSU DB coach to coach him up. He's another one of those does he love football guys. So I got two of those in this tier. I don't know. I love him. If he fell to 12, which he's the one. I mean, 50-50 right now that he falls to 12, maybe 60-40. Like, like, I think there's a good chance he's on the board at 12. Talent-wise, he shouldn't be there. Well, I guess you could say like uh, athletic talent-wise. I guess tape-wise, last two seasons have been somewhat underwhelming. So maybe someone would say he should be there at 12. But if he's there at 12, I pull the trigger. And that is my last player in tier one, which again, usually means you have no shot at getting him at 12 this year. I think we got a chance tier number two, this tier I like to call, I'd like to call, this is what I call. I call it the, you probably have to take one of these guys, but drafting a tackle to play guard kind of blows. So number five overall, first player in tier two is Akeem Ukwanu. He's a guard. Well, he's a tackle, and if you if you're attacking needle team, tackle needle, tackle needy team, you probably take him like you mean you take him first overall, second overall, third overall. But we don't need a tackle. We got two bookends. We're looking good, so you got to move him to guard. But he's so talented, you probably got to take him if he's there at twelve because he's probably not going to be there at twelve. He's more unlikely to be there at twelve than Stingley Gardner or Thibodeau. So it it's. It's just boring to take a lineman. Uh, my my other player in this tier is Evan Neal, another you know blue chip tackle prospect that I guess we would be forced to take and move to guard. It's like you're sitting on the clock at twelve, and Evan Neal's staring you in the face. I mean, you have to take him, right? Like you can't just not because you don't need a tackle. And he said he'd play guard. Like he he can move to guard. It's something about this tier that I don't like, though. I don't. I, you know, it's these are two guys that I hope just go before us and someone else falls to us. So that's tier two. Tier three, I'll say this is kind of the the sweet spot of the draft where you're not reaching for a need and you're not taking someone that, you know, doesn't really fit a need. It's kind of where need and value intersect perfectly. First one in this tier is going to be Kyle Hamilton, safety at an order dame. Honestly, safety, not like, not like the biggest need, but Defensive playmakers, I don't really care what position you play. Like, we could just take him. We need one. Let's go. And Cam Bynum is, you know, he played, he flashed well, but you're talking about a first-round talent, Kyle Hamilton, top 10 talent, Kyle Hamilton. You told me three months ago he'd even be there at 12. I'd be like, well, that's never going to happen. A little bit of a, almost like a little prospect backlash with him. People saying, okay, he's a little slower than they thought. You know, does he, like, you know, he's does he move like Derwin James? You know, whatever. The guy's a top 10 talent. He, all he did was make plays in Notre Dame. Let Draft him. Let Harrison Smith pass the, the, the Golden Domer baton in our safety backfield to Kyle Hamilton, and let's go. I'm, I'm buying a Kyle Hamilton jersey day one if we get him. Next up, George Karloftis, the edge defender from Purdue. I feel like I'm a little higher on Karloftis than some people. I uh, I've seen him, you know, you see him sometimes top 10 in mocks, top 15, but sometimes you see him like more in the mid 20s. I just think there's just, he's just a, a high floor prospect, high motor, strong, productive, young, 
What's not to like? The guy can play inside at five tech. He can set the edge on the outside. He just seems like a real good prospect. I mean, he's not someone that you're like, holy shit, this guy fell to us. But you're, you know, it's like Christian Darasaw. If you had taken Darasaw at 14, great pick. Nailed it. Fit a need. Great value. Let's go. Now, Slick Rick traded down, got a couple thirds, and then took Darasaw. You pull that off with a George Karloftis. You know, Quessy home run, you know. Uh, next up, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. The guy has everything you'd want except size. He's 5'11", short arms. You know, I think it's a little bit, you know, the, the, the Jeff Gladney, the Mike Hughes comparisons. It's got, you know, it's got you know, people like grapes. They're running scared. They're afraid to take them, you know. And I get it. I, I don't want a nickel back. I don't want to take a nickel corner. But there are 5'11 corners that can play on the outside. Jerry Alexander played on the outside. You know, Kyle Fuller played, you know, in the Fangio defense on the outside. This defense, you don't have to be a press man corner. We're actually more of a zone defense, and he's a great zone player. He hits like Antoine Winfield. He, you know, he flies around like that. He's if if the Vikings determine he can play outside corner. So he can play inside, he can play outside. I don't think like there's a it's the most likely pick, I feel like, at 12, if that's what they determine. Like, he fits a need. He can start at nickel. He can take over on the outside. And it's it's a good value at 12. So, Trent McDuffie, my ninth player on the list. He is third in tier three. What we call, we called it the sweet spot tier. This is kind of the group I think we're going to be able to, probably going to be grabbing a guy from. Although, this next guy, the 10th guy, Trayvon Walker, he probably ain't going to be there. I mean, this guy, if you told me, now, if you told me him three months ago, I'd be drafting Trayvon Walker at pick 12. I think I'd be like, I don't know why we're doing that. That seems weird. That guy didn't do much at Georgia. Huh? Since then, he blew up the combine, and he's now being mocked like, I mean, like top three, sometimes even first overall. So he's not like my favorite prospect because, I don't know, it just seems like it's all projection and upside. More of a grapes guy, really. Grapes loves the the uh, you know could have been a boat guys. I prefer the boat. Um, but he definitely one of those guys. If the if the moment we draft him, I'm I'm immediately ecstatic. You know, like it's gonna be like let's fucking go. He can go anywhere. He can play outside. He can play five tech. He can play. He can drop as a linebacker. The guy is absolute freak so you know just take the ball of clay make them whatever you need and you know you've added a hopefully an impact player to defense uh next up final player of the tier three group is jermaine johnson the minnesota guy well i mean eden prairie guy that went to actually went to georgia then transferred to florida state you know the scouts my scouts you know the people with the boots on the ground they're saying the guy sets the edge plays the run better than any edge in the class uh, you know, he's got some pass rush to him. Seems like a safe prospect, relatively safe prospect, long guy, athletic, productive. You know, he's not going to, you know, you're not going to, you know, he's not super exciting. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to drown Rob in the pool over Jermaine Johnson, you know, you're, 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 but you're going to, you know, you know, job well done, you know, a little golf clap, you know, it's a good value at 12. It's, you know, it's Jermaine Johnson. Even the name's boring, you know, Trayvon Walker, you know, come on, that's a great name. Jermaine Johnson. I don't know, you know, we'll see, but he's my last one in tier three. That's the prime, prime of the draft. That's the, you know, that's the spot where we're swinging tier four, tier four. I like to call that the Malik Willis tier 
because, you know, it's only Malik, Malik Willis in the tier. I just, you know, it's like once those top 11 guys are gone and you start dipping into the, you know, the next tiers, which is kind of, you know, you're starting to get into receivers, you're getting into, you know, different positions, guys that maybe are reaches. If I'm going to reach for someone or take someone of a position that, you know, maybe isn't as important, I'm just going to take a quarterback. I'm going to take, you know, uh, Malik Willis. Take the home run swing. If you miss, all right, you threw away the 12th pick. Big, you know, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. At some point, you got to take a swing. We can't Kirk Cousins, you know. I feel like I'm kind of a Kirk defender, but even I know he's like a top, you know, eight quarterback at best. So you can't, you, at some point, you got to take your Packer home swing. You got to, you know, if Rodgers falls in your lap, you got to take him, that type of thing. Now, Malik Willis, I feel like in any other league, would league uh, any other year, like last year, I'd probably have him like the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the draft. So it feels like he maybe he's getting pushed up because there's no other good quarterbacks, but rocket arm can run around kind of has that backyard playmaker trait to him. That definitely uh, is sort of taking the league over, but he's got some real problems, you know, accuracy, reading fields, you know, making, you know, bad decisions, but whatever pick 12. If all those, like the guys that I would consider, you know, your blue chip guys are gone. Your, your, your next, your next tiers are gone. Just hit, pull the trigger on Malik Willis. So that's tier four. That's Malik Willis tier. Tier five. This is sort of a okay. Well, all the like, all the guys that fit a need and were, you know, good values are gone. They're all gone. It's been picked clean. Kind of the worst case scenario, honestly. Uh, at this point, we just got to take a blue chipper. Who cares what position he plays? You know, do, do we do we desperately need a receiver? You know, I see people mocking like receiver and as much as I would like it'd be it's always fun to draft a receiver. It's always the best. I kind of really like KG Osborne. I really Amir Smith Marset, I think, looks pretty good. Um Old BC Johnson's like a solid four or five guy. And you still have Thielen, so like I'm not really in this scenario where like everything, if if all my first four tiers are gone. That's when I would take a receiver, and that is who my number 13 overall is and my first player in Tier 5, Garrett Wilson, which, by the way, I think I had Traylon Burks as my only receiver in our top 15 big boards. I've since like rewatched all the receivers. Garrett Wilson is my favorite guy. He's got, like, uh, I don't know, he's very digs-like, I would say. Uh, you know, he's not he's not big, He's but he's not, you're not tiny either. He's not like a gadget guy. He's probably a 5'11", 6-footer, 185 pounds, but great route runner. So Garrett Wilson would be my first one in this tier, and then Jameson Williams is my second one. Jameson Williams, another receiver, burner, just like a, like a I don't know, Deshaun Jackson with a little more shake to him. So we're starting to dip into those, like, I'm not going to take a corner just to take a corner. I'm not going to take an edge just to take an edge. I'll just take the best receiver if that's the best player on the board. Of you know, like I'm not dipping into a lower tier just to just to grab a need. So Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, next next one in this tier is the big nose tackle Jordan Davis. You're kind of getting to that spot where, you know, do we need a nose tackle? Well, no, we drafted or we we signed Harrison Phillips. You know, we've got Tomlinson. You know, do you put Jordan Davis as a five tech? You probably could. Uh, you know, how how valuable is the nose tackle position? You know, at this point, it's I just again whatever. He's really fucking good. He's an athletic freak. At some point, you just got to take him because he's the best player on the board. So 
Jordan Davis, the nose tackle from Georgia, who obliterated the combine. I mean, if, like, if Trayvon Walker blew it up, Jordan Davis absolutely obliterated it. So he's my 15th player. And the final player of Tier 5, which I think I called sort of the, you know, everything else is gone. It's time to just take the best player. Devin Lloyd. I just, every time I watch this guy, he's really good at linebacker. He's linebacker Utah. Just really fucking good. Again, another player where I feel like there's a very small chance, very small chance he's going to be bad. Like, you're not, if you want to mitigate risk and just take a guy who's going to be a starter for the next 10 years, just take Devin Lloyd. Now, do we need an inside linebacker? Not really. We got Jordan Hicks. We got Eric Kendricks. Now, they're both injury prone-ish. Well, uh, Kendricks, I feel like they both missed a few games here and there. Jordan Hicks has been healthier lately. I guess they're both a little older. Devin Lloyd, could you could you play him off the edge a little bit? Could could he you know move around some? Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna take the best player and figure it out. You know, the, there was the year where we had Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, and it's like, oh, we don't need a safety. We've got two good ones. You know, a year later, we didn't have Anthony Harris anymore, and Harrison was a year older. So similar situation. In a year from now, it might look a lot different on how pressing the inside linebacker need is. Kendricks will be a year older. Jordan Hicks, I think, was a one-year deal. So, I mean, at that point, you just slide Devin Lloyd in there and have a playmaking, you know, middle linebacker who can just run all over the field. Uh, all right, we're going to hit a little quick little break right here. Right, the next tier, tier six, is the, I really hope we traded down to get this guy. Fits a need, but at 12... Seems like a bit of a reach. It's 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 your uh, I don't hate it tier. You know that's always what people say when they they don't really like something. They're like, well, I don't hate it. You know I, I don't hate it. Um, you know Andrew Booth Jr. The first one in tier six. Yeah, I don't hate it. You know, but you know he fits corner. You know they must like him. I'll talk myself into it. Give me you know give me five minutes and I'll be like fucking Andrew Booth Jr. Pulling up Clemson highlights, looking at you know look at what he's doing. Pre draft, I'm thinking I'd rather get him in the twenties. Trade down get some picks, grab Andrew Booth Jr. But I don't hate it at 12. Uh, next one in this tier would be Devontae Wyatt. He's the uh, defensive tackle, Georgia. Probably the the best sort of penetrator at the D-tackle spot. He'd, he'd play five-tech in our defense. Again, it feels a little early at 12. He's 24 years old already. I think he has some like background issues too. But, you know, if we pulled the trigger, again, I'd talk myself into it. You know, disruptive defensive tackle, what's not to like? Um, again, feels feels underwhelming. You had the 12th pick and you end up with Devontae Wyatt. I don't know. But what do I know? Also, with the draft, it's always like I don't like to get overconfident in my opinion because it's like, what the fuck do I know? I mean, NFL teams are wrong all the time. So I'm not going to be like, well, you took Devontae Wyatt at 12? This is mad chaos. What the fuck do I know? Uh, next up, Zion Johnson, guard. Just, again, you take a guard at 12? You know, it's hard enough for me to take a blue chip tackle and move him to guard. I don't, do I want a guard at 12? I mean, he's the 19th player on my board, so I, I again, I hope you traded down to get him. Powerful guard, though, would make our line, like, pretty pretty sweet you know we did pick up a bunch of options at guard so maybe they're really I, I feel like they're setting themselves up that like guard is not an option at pick 12 because they don't probably want to burn the 12th pick on a fucking guard 
So they pick, you know, Chris Reed up. You know, we got we got a bunch of different options there that you know they can. Jesse Davis, you know, we they can at least compete for the job. You know, one of these days it'd be real nice if we just like actually fixed it. But I don't. I kind of agree. I as bad as it's been at right guard, I don't want to spend the twelfth pick on it. So if we drafted Zion Johnson, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I prefer him at like you know pick twenty six in a trade down. So that is. Tier number six, that is the, hopefully we trade it down to get one of these guys. Tier seven is just, it's just, fuck it, let's go receiver. You know, you got you got your tier six guys, which is kind of basically your reach for need. Tier seven, I guess we're just going receiver. First one, Drake London. It's just like he he's a first round player. These guys are first round, they deserve to go in the first. So, you know, you got to have them in, in here somewhere. Drake London, his next one. Well, Drake, let's talk. We'll talk a little bit. Drake London, Drake London, kind of reminds me of like. I mean, he's got like the, the size of like a Sydney Rice, but he doesn't like leap like him. I don't know he's a, he's a, he's a big. You know, he's gonna wall you off. He's gonna run slants. He's gonna run comebacks. He's gonna you know he's gonna basketball player you to the ball. He's like a power forward out there. It's actually something we don't really have on our offense. We have route runners everywhere. So a big receiver that could make plays like that would be awesome. And also, like, you know, I talked about not needing a receiver. I kind of like our receivers. But you strengthen a strength. And, like, the teams that are winning have receivers. You know, more, more weapons. Just tons of weapons. So Drake London. And honestly, like, if you took Drake London at 12, I'm more excited about Drake London at 12 and Zion Johnson at night at 12. Like I, this group is funner because they're receivers. Receivers are fun to draft. Traylon Burks, my next one. Another just big receiver, a little different though than Drake London. Drake London is more of your, you know, a lot of people compare to Mike Evans where Traylon Burks is getting compared to like a, like an AJ Brown. So more of a, he's not as tall, more stocky strength. But again, running those slants, big body, you know, you try to put, you know, a Jerry Alexander on him, you know, he might just overwhelm him. So Traylon Burks is my next in this tier. And the final one, which would be my final receiver that I have with a first round grade is Chris Olave. It's a grapes favorite. He loves Chris Olave. And honestly, since we already have Jefferson as the number one, Chris Olave as your number two is ridiculous. Another smooth route runner you know, makes plays fast, you know, I think four, four speed, four, three speed would be a ridiculous number two receiver to have, uh, across from Jefferson. And I mean, he, you know, he could probably play some slot. You'd have those three with Thielen out there too. You'd have three weapons. So that's the fuck it. We're going to receiver tier. That's tier number seven. Tier number eight is the, I seriously hope we traded down Oh, wait, is this our second round pick? Because this is an amazing second round pick. This is someone that it's like, I gave him a first round grade, but if we somehow end up with one of these guys, something went wrong or we better have traded down. First on the list is a gopher, Boye Mafe, edge defender. He's just like, he's explosive. He great at the combine. He, you know, pretty productive at Minnesota, but... It just he's raw. It feels you know he feels like a late first round player. So I got him as the twenty third overall guy on my board, and you know it's possible he falls to us in the second round. And if you get him in the second round, absolute home run. You take him at twelve, 
I, I just feel like you pass on someone better than him because there's just it just I just can't see how there wouldn't be. Next one's Tyler Linderbaum, probably too low on him just because of Garrett Bradbury, but I just I can't I can't do it. I can't draft a center. Can't draft a center. I, I just especially one that's sort of in the mold of a Garrett Bradbury, like an athletic, you know. I mean, he is he is stronger, which is Bradbury's number one problem. Someone actually posted a picture of Garrett Bradbury at the uh, Timberwolves game, and he was between Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph, and someone else. And holy smokes, is he's like he is he's smaller than Kyle Rudolph. Like obviously he's shorter, but like he should he should be bigger as sort like girth. No, Rudolph dwarfs him. It's like that. Someone I think they wrote. That's who's blocking our nose to, or uh, yeah, it's blocking nose tackles to protect Kirk Cousins. And it was like that is a regular person that looks like me, you know. That just Garrett Bradbury is just not big enough. And I don't even know why I'm talking about Garrett Bradbury. Tyler Linderbaum is a different person, but I'm scared, you know. Tyler Linderbaum, hopefully, ideally, people are scared off drafting the center position, and he falls us in the second round. Again, these are like guys that I would love in the second round. Even a, even in a trade up, like trade up to the back end of the first early second for one of these guys. Next up on that is Nakobe Dean, linebacker Georgia, smaller linebacker but an absolute playmaker. Now, I think a concern is like that Georgia defense was so good and they did so much scheming to open up things for Nakobe Dean that maybe it was a little like you know, I don't know if it was a, you know, scheme produced stats, but he did it. I mean, he made the plays that were there for him, and seems like another player that's just, I don't know, like a, a, a good floor. Like, you're not going to get a bad player. Maybe that's just the linebacker position in general. I think that. I have no idea. Uh, but Kobe Dean, Georgia linebacker, he's a fun player. I, back end of the first, early second type of guy. Next up, Arnold Ibiketti, edge defender, Penn State. Kind of Kind of a late push. I feel like a lot of people are jumping on him, getting him from like the second round into the first round. Uh, I, I, again, I feel like it'd be a perfect thing if you took like, you know, say you did take a Trent McDuffie at 12 and then you traded up or Arnold Epichetti fell to you. You know, similar to Boye Mafe. It just, just would be perfect to get an edge rusher in the second after taking a corner in the first. Uh, after that, I've got Lewis Sin, safety Georgia. Sin, Sin, not sure what his name is. Um, just I just like him enough to give him a first-round grade. Not that I would really want him on the Vikings, like especially if it's going to cost me a first-round pick. Great player. I don't, I don't not want him on the Vikings. I just, if we came out of the day one and it was like, yeah, we got Lewis Sin, I'm not that excited. Now, if I got Lewis Sin and like a, and a bunch of draft picks to go with it because I traded down, that's better, but... You got pick 12. You kind of want to get a blue chipper here. You kind of want to get an impact player. And I'm not sure Lewis Sin's that guy. Next on the list is cornerback out of Florida, Kair Elam. Uh, a little more of a press man style. Um, I think Ryan's high on him. I, I, I like him. I like him at the back half of the first. I like him as, you know, he's he's lower than Andrew Booth for me. You know, I'm, I'm fine with Andrew Booth at 12. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not super excited about it. You know, I'd still rather trade down for Andrew Booth. I'd really want to be trading down for Kyrie Elam. I mean, this guy, I think he could slide into the second too. Honestly, I think all these guys could slide in the second. If I had to say which one's most unlikely, I'd say Tyler Linderbaum's probably the most unlikely to fall into the second. Um, Kyrie Elam, 
I mean, quarterbacks, they, they feel like there's always runs on him at the end of the end of the first. So not sure he makes it all the way to pick 12 of the second round, but that would be tier eight. Next is tier nine. Tier nine is the, uh, what the hell am I supposed to do with a pure tackle tier? You know, like what Charles Cross and Trevor Penning, I don't think can move to guard. Maybe Trevor Penning can. I don't, Charles Cross, I, from everything I'm reading, he's a pure pure tackle he's a first round player but what are we gonna what would you do with him like you have christian darsaw and brian o'neill like it's 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 one of it's actually it's i hope he goes before our pick so someone else falls to us charles cross first one in this tier second one there are only two players charles cross trevor penning someone else take them i don't want them someone else take them and i'm not 100 on trevor penning but i think he's outside only i know he gets a lot of penalties but he's kind of like your He's like the Tevin Jenkins of this draft. Like he's like he goes a little too far with things, pushes you know pushes the limits. Charles Cross is more of a, a just a really fundamentally sound pass protecting left tackle. I'm not. I just what do I, I? I got no need for those guys. I got no need for them. So someone else take them. Hopefully they follow us. Don't follow us. I mean other people follow us because these guys go before our pick. And the final tier, tier number ten. I call this the Kenny Pickett tier because it only has Kenny Pickett. I really like Kenny Pickett. I feel like if I had to bet, I would bet Kenny Pickett is a better quarterback than Malik Willis. But the the, the top, the tippy top of his upside, it's just not Malik Willis. So if I'm going to take a swing when I already have Kirk Cousins on my team, Kirk Cousins is already locked in for he, this year, pretty much next year. He's got a no trade clause, so you're probably, I mean, unless you like really piss him off or like say, hey, we're trading you or you're benched or something, like he's going to be here for the next two years. I'm fine sitting Malik Willis for a couple years. Kenny Pickett seems, he's like the most pro ready. He's he's older, you know, he's not as young as Malik Willis. So it's like, what are you, what are you really doing there? Now, if I'm sitting there and he falls to round two, or if, you know some sort of trade back and and you're kind of like looking at the board and it's like i don't know all these guys you know they're they're fine but we like kenny pickett a lot and we're okay making him wait i mean the packers made rogers wait and i'm sure they were not like oh geez that's too, you know wasted time they're pretty happy with what what how that worked out so i'd take kenny pickett he's my 31st player on the list that's it that's all i got for top that's my top 10 tiers of the first round um I mean, again, if I had to bet on who we're getting, Trent McDuffie. If I had to, if I had to pick a player that is actually somewhat realistic at twelve, that would be my absolute favorite, Derek Stingley. Like, I think there's a there's a, a, a not I don't know if it's fifty percent, forty percent chance Stingley's there, and that would be fucking amazing. Um, all right, well, so I don't know how long that was. Because I had to stop a few times. I'm not sure if you'll notice, but uh, maybe it was like 40 minutes. No idea. Uh, we'll uh, try to get a podcast in this Saturday. We'll do a full first round mock, all NFL teams. And then I'm hoping we can just rip through a draft network, seven round Vikings mock, try to look at some of these like later picks, some of these later guys, you know, day two, day three guys. So uh, we'll catch you later.